Hi, and welcome to this episode of Hustle & Pro. Today, we are at FC Dallas's UMB Bank Performance Center. We're talking to former professional MLS and EPL player, Eddie Lewis. We're going to hear from Eddie about his professional soccer career and also founding Toka Training. And we're going to actually step into the training studio myself and get a few touches on the ball to see what it's all about. So let's get started. All right. Welcome to Hustle & Pro, Eddie. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Okay. I want to learn about your, your journey through soccer, but I have a couple icebreakers that are kind of fun. I haven't asked these questions in a few years, so I'm excited to see what you say to them. Who's your favorite sports team of all time? The Lakers. The Lakers. All yeah. right. Well, so I skipped over the question, what's your favorite sport? Because we're here talking soccer, so I assumed it was soccer, but what is your favorite sport? My favorite sport is still soccer. Okay. But it sounds like you're a basketball fan also. Uh, then who's your favorite athlete of all time? My favorite athlete? Um, it probably ranges across a number of sports, but it'd be hard not to say, given the time I grew up, uh, Jordan for sure. If not soccer, what? Well, my dad wanted me to be a professional tennis player okay. um, or golfer, but I think, you know, whether it was soccer or tennis or golf, you know, I've always, you know, just been a sports fanatic. So um, I'm sure I would have been playing, you know, some sport somewhere, um, you know, hopefully at a very high level. Growing up in California, correct? Correct. Yes, um, California. Did you play all those sports a little bit sometimes? I did. I was, um, you know, an all-star baseball player. I played high school football. Um, really did it all and you know part of the the whole story and, and the creation of Toka was based on the fact that I, I really concentrated my time on soccer very late in, mm -hmm. in, in a traditional sense. Late um, as in what high school? Yeah okay about 13 years old really kind of started to get serious about soccer which um, you know at that time was uh, even still sort of sort of late to the game but it was because I, I played so many sports and, and really enjoyed that experience. I love that though I'm I'm a fan of that I, I am think, also. I think later special, specialization is better for a couple reasons, right? Physically and, and mentally so that your whole identity is not in the one sport just yet. So uh, if you had it to do all over again, would you have specialized earlier or are you glad you were a well, more well-rounded athlete? No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think um, being a well-rounded athlete not only is, is you know, good for the, the fact that, you know, later on in life you can continue to play a lot of sports sure. and, and have those disciplines. I feel like I've, I learned a lot from those other sports that, that helped me in soccer. And, um, you know, just the, the fact that there's, there's different cultures in, in all the different sports and, and different types of camaraderie and, you know, all things and, and memories that, you know, I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. All right. So you t taking you back to age 13 or so when you decide soccer is going to be your focus, um, when did that, so you were a forward originally, yes? And yes, then sort I of a hear left, you, left winger, left midfielder. You're left footed. Yep. So then I hear you shift your play and your position shifts a little bit as you grow and into maybe your pro career in soccer. Is this true? Yeah, I mean, I primarily played, you know, on the, on the left as a midfielder um, as it became a pro and, and certainly later in my career. And as the legs started to go a little bit, I, I you know, like most players, typically shifted back a little bit so finished my career as a as a left back but spent most of it oh. as a as a left midfielder okay kind of everything on the left side yeah sounds like. yeah it was uh for sure and, and this was you know sort of prior to you know in today's world you you have these inverted wingers where the left footer will play on the right and the right footer will play on the left um but at those times you know the the, the left footed player was sort of wide on the left 
um, you know, as much as possible. Yeah, so you say those times. So what are, what are the times, time frames that we're talking here? Because we're talking growing up playing in California and then um, college in UCLA also? Yeah, Staying in California. Right. And then professionally, you were still in the States a little and also in London a little? Yeah, my, my senior year in college um, really coincided with the launch of the MLS. So I was actually lucky enough, uh, I was drafted by San Jose and played in the inaugural you know mls soccer wow. game so certainly from a mls perspective um sort of day day one you know was was involved and, and kind of like as a hometown you know home state player that's yeah, probably no, a lot was, of pride uh, there I, I feel very lucky to have to have been a part of that for sure it was it was very early on um i think even the league will admit they were still trying to trying to yeah. figure a lot of things sure. out but yeah. yeah a fantastic experience and a really great stepping stone to go from college, you know, right into to to the professional environment, and as you said, um, you know, two and a half or three years later, headed over to England, where I spent the next ten years before before coming back home for a couple more. And in those ten years, you had a couple World Cup experiences. That's right. I played in the 2002 and 2006 World Cups. So that's Japan, Germany. Ju yep. Okay. Uh, we were in Korea uh, in 2002, Japan and Korea okay. split the World Cup, but yeah, we were, um, did very well, got to the quarterfinals, which I think is still um, the furthest the U.S. team is, has gone, which I'm, I'm not happy to, uh, uh, to be holding the record up right, for sure. Right, right. You'd be happy a, for them to have advanced that by now, right? Yeah, and, and um, by, by a mile, hopefully. But uh, anyway, that's for, for another Yeah, time. well then, just to touch on that um, World Cup, I mean, when we talk about now we're prepping for, you know, U.S., Canada, Mexico World Cup. How excited are you about being involved on the other side of it instead of being a player and being still involved on in this side of it? With the yeah, development it's, of soccer? Uh, you know, it's 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 fantastic. I, I can remember even as a kid the impact the 94 World Cup had, you know, on on the States. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think everyone's excited about that same sort of energy, you know, coming to the U.S. again here in 2026. And I sure um, am. like you said, or across North America, but, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a fantastic time. You know, we have a really good, young, talented team that should be in their prime, you know, for that World Cup. And, you know, fingers crossed, uh, those boys can put on a good show. Yes, we're already excited. All right, behind you is the studio, and we're talking about Toka today. I want to hear a little on how it came to be in your world. So you were a player and you, is it true? I mean, I've read that you, you saw some weakness in, in your you know, playing style and were able to see how different training styles could improve that for yourself? Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, I was, as you said, I was, I was late to kind of um, the game in terms of my, my technical skills. I was always a very good athlete, but technically I was, I was just sort of rough on the ball and I could, I could see the game beginning to kind of pass me by as these higher levels and better players that were able to move and manipulate the ball in, in, in certain ways. And, and soccer just wasn't a sport that lended itself very easily to, to kind of individual training. You could go and kick a ball against a wall or, yep. or juggle, but that didn't necessarily translate very well. So um, I became an outside sort of recruit, um, got myself to UCLA, and, and that's when I stumbled upon this idea of beginning to train with a with a tennis ball and ultimately with a, a tennis ball machine. And, you know, for me, that was just a uh, transformative moment, you know, in my career. And I just caught everybody up very quickly, went from a player who had never played even on a, on a, on a state team, you know, onto 
what was then the, the, the full national team, mm -hmm. you know, after a couple of years. And, you know, all the while and, and throughout my career, continuing to kind of hone my skills on this concept. And, you know, and then in the back of my head thinking, you know, once I retire, I'd really love to, to, to take this concept, make it more soccer specific and, you know, bring it to the rest of the soccer community. On that note, we're going to walk through, you know, physically what the experiencing it in a minute, but tell me how, you know, today as we're sitting here, how are you bringing it to the soccer community? It's helping develop all, you know, all genders, right? And yep. all age groups of players and academy players. And tell me specifically, like you're working with MLS and FC Dallas. Yeah, that's, that's right. We're currently the largest operator of indoor soccer centers in, in North America. We're closing in on, on 40 centers and that ranges from, you know, programming of, of toddlers, you know, and, and youth classes all the way through to a, adult leagues with, you know, F and B experiences attached, mm -hmm. but it all really revolves around our core product and, and kind of differentiator, which is, which is TOCA training. Mm -hmm. And as you said, TOCA training itself, you know, is, is really about two fundamental areas of, of a player's game, really the most important areas, which is a player's technical ability and their awareness. So in any one of our sessions, a player of any level, anywhere in their journey, you know, from a, a young player just, just starting out all the way through to, to a professional player, they'll come in, it's an hour session guided by one of our TOCA trainers, and they'll be in a pathway which is um, really a series of sessions designed, you know, to help them progress, and you know, focusing on their technical ability, whether it's turning, you know, ball control, um, you know, how to bring a ball down out of the air, mm -hmm. volleys, finishing, any technical element that you'd see in the game, combined with the fact that, from an awareness standpoint, you know, every time that ball's delivered, the player has to you understand. Gotta, you got to be watching, right? Where yeah, are you what going with to it? Hit and um, you know, either where to go or or where not to go. And right. we believe that's a really, really where powerful not to go asset can be just because, as powerful. <laughs> you know, a lot of players, that's a very difficult thing to train. So we can do it objectively. We collect a bunch of results and, and data that we share with the players so that we can, you know, show them their progress in the journey. And, you know, for, for a lot of players, we're, we're making a big impact on their game and, and hope to continue to bring it to, to more and more players. Specifically here with FC Dallas, it's our first fully integrated partnership and you know for us it's a it, it's a really exciting opportunity because we just did a deal with the MLS that's a, a 10-year relationship and and partnership and and specifically within the MLS you know FC Dallas is a real leader when when it comes to homegrown player development the number of players that um, they've developed and then and then sold the players that have gone through to their Absolutely. youth team their mm -hmm. investment in the academy the leadership of, of Chris Hayden and and really the innovation behind a lot of the things they do is, yes. a, is a perfect match for us and, and a partnership I'm really excited about. The controlling the ball out of the air, especially in the middle of the field, and knowing where to go with your eyes up once you have received the ball can be a very frustrating thing as a parent on the sidelines. So I wish all of our players had more, <laughs> more training in here because those are just big old gaps to, you know, to fill yeah, that, that, those make or break. We're, I'm talking 13 year old boy. So like if teams, if the, if the boys we're watching in the middle of the field have not mastered those skills yet, it makes or break the game. Yeah, all, it, all those 50, 50 balls in the air lost in the middle of the field and we like can't recover. 
It really does. Yeah. And we're going to fix that because yeah. there's there's really it's it's so important, right? And once every player is able to, you know, kind of comfortably control the ball, knows where the other players are in the field and yeah. you start to see this kind of rhythmic passing happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a whole new game that you're playing the and rhythm, um, you're right? Yeah. It's 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 something we can we can practice and get better at, you know, and I think for a long time that was a very kind of subjective view that, you know, this player has a good touch or he doesn't or she doesn't and or she has good vision and she doesn't and no one really could quantify what that means mm -hmm. um, and certainly didn't have a way to get better at it. And I think we've solved that problem and um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see see the results here in a few years. Great. I'm looking forward to checking it out myself. So we're going to walk through a few of these drills and go easy on me. I'm an old lady who doesn't play soccer anymore. So, um, but thank you for your time explaining this to our audience and showing us what TOCA training is all about. Absolutely. And now we move into the entertainment portion of this episode where you get to see me in the TOCA training studio trying to play soccer. I don't play much soccer anymore. I grew up playing and I was never great. Um, I stopped playing when I got pregnant with Reese, and so it's been 17 years. But you'll see me in the studio here. There's four goals, and then it's a ball machine. The ball machine serves you up uh, the ball. They are smaller balls than the size fives, and so that was a little bit of an adjustment for me as well. And they come at you either straight or off to the left or off to the right or up in the air. And so they gave me great instruction on what to expect each kind of round and how fast things were going to happen and what to do, what to look for. So you're looking for the blue lights on the goals. There's four goals and sometimes all four goals are lit up. Sometimes only two, maybe one behind you, maybe one in front of you, sometimes only one. Um, and so that is that part that comes into the play, the awareness, where you've got to really be paying attention to where you're going with the ball next. And to do that here, it's by keeping your eyes up and keeping an eye out for where that lit, that blue light is on which goal is lit up. So it is a constant workout. The ball is not waiting for you to get control and shoot. And so uh, on this drill here, I'm moving left and right and having to turn and shoot to the goal behind me and this and that. So it was a workout. It got, I got tired and we got to break between each round and he reset and showed me my numbers but it definitely keeps you moving. And no, this is not in slow motion. I'm just that old and slow at playing soccer. So on this drill, the ball comes at me in the air and he said, all right, take a step back, let it bounce, control it and shoot it. <laughs> and that was hard for me, as you can see. Got a little better as I went, but. And then on the very end, he actually, this the goals are movable. So they actually slid all the goals to where they were all four in front and we did a couple more uh, iterations of drills and I was one touching it from the air which was a really a challenge for me it was hard for me to control the ball as it's coming out in the air and one touch it even with all the four goals in front of me it was crazy hard um, but overall it was a fantastic experience I got like 40 to 50 touches on the ball in like a 15 minute training session which is unheard of for, you know, one hour practice. Kids probably don't get touches on the ball that much. So I love the experience. Anybody can go and register their kiddos and try this out over at the performance center. Um, look for the resources in this episode, um, at the bottom here and find out more.
So that's it for today's episode. Thank you to my guest, Eddie, and thank you to FC Dallas for having us out. We will see you next time on Hustle and Pro.